Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 795, air date October 10th, 2020. All right, good evening, everyone. It's late. It's 1033 on a Friday. We're going to be seeing how this works. We're going live on four platforms today, Facebook, Periscope, um, YouTube, and our own platform on vashiva.com. Let's see how that's looking. Let's go check this out. Jen, has it started? I think it'll take a couple seconds, right? Let's see. Okay, looks like we're going to go live. There we are. Okay. All right, we're on multiple platforms. All right, good evening, everyone. I know it's a little bit late. We are, by the way, if everyone, if people want to check out, we're actually streaming on our own platform. And I'll put that in there, Jen. Are you going to put it out there for people? People can also go to vashiva.com slash video if people want to go there. So Jen's going to also be putting it up on the banner. Yeah, people want to go to vashiva.com slash video. Um, this is our beta launch, a very early beta launch of where people can see our video live right on vashiva.com slash video. So if you don't like YouTube, if you don't like Facebook, if you don't like Periscope, obviously, uh, uh, racist Jack Dorsey at Twitter, who basically hates black people. That's what we found out, even though he gives money to Black Lives Matter, but he doesn't like um, strong people of color coming up and exposing him. He shut me down off Twitter. And it's really, and when I say black, we're all slaves in the car current deep state establishment, especially when we start speaking out against him. So Jack Dorsey is a racist and no one should support this guy. And we should call him out every step we have. So, but we've already started building our own platform on vashiva.com slash video. So let me see if people are going to that and welcome everyone as you're joining in. vashiva.com slash videos where people can go and uh, also see the video in addition to other options that they may want to do directly on um, YouTube, etc. Let's see how that's going. Let's see. Jen, I know you're still there. Jen, is it showing up on the other platforms? Let's see. Hello from Michigan. We got hello from Washington State. You're good on, on Vimeo and your website. Okay. Um, Facebook is not letting me see your page on my personal wall. So if anyone in the comment section can let us know that people are watching from Facebook. So I think you're good on Facebook. Okay, great. So British Canada, uh, uh, good to see you. Uh, First Testament, who were the slaves? Okay. Well, listen, the bottom line is we need to be a little bit, have some poetic license here. Uh, when we talk about, we're going to, we can do a whole nother discussion about black and brown. I said I'm black and some, that bothers some people because frankly, if you go to India, we're treated worse than how black people used to be treated here in the untouchable system of India. And uh, I'm pretty dark and uh, we can talk about that. But it's very interesting when I said I'm black, a bunch of white liberal racists said, oh, he's not black. And these are the same people who basically will put Black Lives Matter signs up. Anyway, here's the point. We need to start talking about a broader discussion about oppression and it goes beyond the color of skin. And it, it goes to essentially working people of all uh, colors uh, who are essentially subjugated. 
But today's talk is going to be about teaching you what is a vaccine. As you know, I was the first guy who exposed Fauci. Uh, first guy wrote to Trump and told him that he should really be pushing vitamin D3 and C, et cetera. Had Trump listened to me, he would be in a much better situation right now. He got very bad advice from some of his counselors like Fauci and probably others. And it's unfortunate because he is a disruptor and he's anti-establishment. And he had an opportunity at that point, if he had listened, to ensure that our economy uh, was not destroyed. We could have saved a lot of jobs. And it's very, very important in life to figure out who you listen to. You know, one of the most important things is who do you get advice from? And uh, um, so what we're going to talk about is what is a vaccine? My goal today is people are joining. We have uh, 500 people there with people joining. Hey, Jen, are you still there? Jennifer? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, how many people are on our vhshiva.com site, Jen? Can you see the eyeballs there? I think it's delayed. It's not showing oh, okay. that now. All right. But anyway, anyway, you can also go to vashiva.com slash video if you want to see the video. Okay? vashiva.com slash video. This is our first beta launch. It may not be perfect, but we are testing this. Um, anyone online, can you see us on vashiva.com slash video? You can't, you can't comment. Oops. I'm going getting feedback from Jen. So let's... Um, Let's uh, start talking about vaccines. So uh, today um, we are going to have a discussion about vaccines. And many of you know, we are still moving forward our campaign for Shiva for Senate. We're doing it as a write-in. And those of you who want to just get a quick update on the campaign, you can go, anyone can go right to this website right here, shivaforsenate.com. Let's bring it up so everyone's aware of what's going on. We're writing in. What that means is um, as we know, election fraud took place in Massachusetts, as I talked about yesterday on, on with Young Pharaoh, and it was quite blatant. We have numbers that are not adding up. There's more votes than voters. But this is how these people, the arrogance of these people go, knows no bounds. But we are not backing away. Our movement for truth, freedom, and health now escalates to a write-in campaign. And the goal is to stop election fraud. So uh, one of the important things as a part of this is uh, you want to encourage your friends, anyone you know in Massachusetts, that when they get their ballot, they can write in my name, Dr. Shiva, make sure they circle the ellipse, and that's how we can write in, Dr. Dr. Period Shiva, and circle the ellipse. So let's make sure everyone knows to do that. And obviously, people should be donating to the campaign. We need to raise about a quarter of a million dollars to get radio and TV ads. We also need to do that. And one of the specials we're doing right, right now is this used to be $25, but anyone who donates to the campaign today for $5 gets the same offer that we used to do for $25, which means you get the book, the ebook, plus you get the software, your body, your system. Those people want to donate $50 or more, right? This one, they also get access to not only this, but they also get access to another very, very important offer, which I'll share right here, which is available on our truth blog which is this, they get access not only to this, but they get also, if you donate $50, you get access to this. You get access to a very powerful course that I've built called Systems Health, and you get access to the Systems Health portal. This normally sells for $250, which we're doing for $50 for now and over the next few days. So please take advantage of this offer and support the campaign, all right? So let's just jump in and I'll come back to this for those of you who are interested in supporting the campaign. So one of the important things is 
um, uh, I've been, uh, you know, educating people on this is not about pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. This is about really focused on one size does not fit all. We need to focus on the right medicine for the right person at the right time. So when it comes to vaccines, a number of people have written to me. They say, Shiva, I'm against forced vaccinations, but can you teach me what is a vaccine? Okay. So we're going to take a big step back and we're going to educate people on what is a vaccine today. And um, let me jump right into this. If everyone ready? Okay. Let's jump into what is a vaccine. So let me go right into the application window here and um, let's start. So first of all, people know that my personal website address, if people want to go and learn more about it, VA Shiva. And if you go to that website, you'll learn, uh, if many of you know my background, you know, creator of the first email system. Um, I also am running for Senate, as people know, in a write-in campaign. But the other important thing is one of the technologies I created is a technology called Cytosolve, which is a powerful technology that came out of my PhD work at MIT that allows us to eliminate the need for animal testing and we can use the computer to model molecular pathways to basically accelerate the development of new medicines. Now, the old archaic methodology and how the drug companies work is they have this very long process. They have to find a compound, then they have to do testing in a test tube, then they kill a bunch of animals, then they got to go test it on humans. And then this process takes anywhere between one to $5 billion, 13 years, not that effective. Um, and look at what's happening to them. They spend, as that orange line shows, a lot of money in R&D, and they're not finding enough drugs. In fact, the drugs are not only finding drugs, but the drugs are not being approved by the FDA, typically because of all those side effects. So the pharmaceutical industry is actually failing. So they're actually, this is why vaccines are important to them and why forced vaccination is important because they need to make money. Um, and they need to save themselves because they're essentially an industry that's dying. One of the key things we see here is that the way I got back into the field of systems biology or into the field is that in 2003, right here, what we noticed was that when the genome project ended, we have the same number of genes, in this case, 20,000 genes as a worm. We don't have 100,000 genes. We have the same number of genes as a worm. Why is that important? Because what that means is genes are not that who, what makes us who we are. Just because a, a worm has 20,000 genes and we have 20,000 genes, the thought was, well, we should have our, the complexity of the human being um, should uh, mean that we have more genes. Well, we have the same number of genes. So this led into a field called systems biology, which said if we want to understand the whole human being, it's not just the genes who make us who we are, but the genes, the proteins, all the different things that occur in the cellular processes, et cetera. And in 2003, one of the important uh, challenges that was put forward in science was well, if systems biology is true, we need to move out of the nucleus to understand the whole cell. So imagine being able to mathematically model the cell on the computer, all those chemical reactions. And that's why I came back to MIT in 2003. And what I recognized was that uh, this little diagram on the left represents one set of biological reactions, biomolecular reactions, which could be a small piece of let's say cancer, a small piece of Alzheimer's. And these were starting to become models. And what I said was, imagine if we could take systems of these small molecular pathways and create a technology which allowed us to connect systems of systems of models so we could model very complex functions. And that led to the development of Cytosol. So Cytosol, you know, it really enables truth, freedom, and health 
because it's a technology that helps us look at the vast amounts of literature, instead of cherry picking, organize them, extract out the molecular mechanisms, connect them together. So one of the first papers I wrote to validate this um, was about this, but fundamentally cytosol allows us to look at all the literature, extract out the molecular mechanisms in any field, integrate them together, and literally start modeling very complex diseases. So that's really cytosol. And I, I can do a whole talk on it, but cytosol is a foundation of what we're gonna be using to really understand vaccines. And we can be used for many things, but cytosol is a technology. We're not a vaccine manufacturer as that dope Robert Kennedy tried to uh, assert when I was exposing that he was essentially getting, uh, essentially close friends with the vaccine queen Hillary Clinton endorsing her. That was a libelous statement he put up, but cytosol is, it's really a technology for modeling. Okay, we can model very complex phenomena on a computer, very similar to how we build airplanes, right? We don't just throw a pilot in a, in, a, in a plane and say, you know, good luck. We do all the modeling on the computer to eliminate all the mistakes. And so using Cytosolve, we're able to understand complex interactions. So for example, if you take something like curcumin, which is a molecule that we know has profound effects in lowering inflammation, these are all the molecular reactions which curcumin's been involved, which we extracted from all those papers. Then we're able to mathematically model it. Similar with resveratrol, a different chemical. And then we're able to see what happens when you mix both of them together. Well, you'd have to test this on animals before cytosol. Here, we can literally do it on the computer. So here I can create a simulation of inflammation. That's what this number 0.15 means. I don't give any curcumin, any resveratrol. We have high inflammation. Then I just give curcumin five units. Look at this, the inflammation drops. I just give resveratrol, that two drops, but then I can do combinations. Three units of curcumin, two units of resveratrol, and look at what happens. I'm able to drop it by another 200%. So we can do this kind of, kind of combination, alchemy on the computer, okay? So that's, so, to, so just to be clear, that's what Cytosol is. Cytosol allows us to this very, very, complex types of analysis on the computer, okay? So now going back to uh, the immune system, using Cytosol, we've been able to understand the complexity of the immune system versus this older model of the immune system, which goes back to 1915s, which is, you know, a pathogen comes, you have the innate immune system, and then your body kicks in the adaptive immune system. Well, that's really not true. The body's actually much more complex we not only have the innate and the adaptive, we have the interferon system, we have our gut microbiome involving nearly 60 trillion bacteria. We have about 380 trillion viruses, right? And these, this is a real immune system, and this came out of Cytosol's analysis. So now let's talk about how vaccines work using this base. So how do vaccines work, okay? So um, the notion of a vaccine is to really create these antibodies, and we'll talk about that, okay? But this series I'm gonna do, is, as many people know, in March I did a bunch of videos that just went viral, tens of millions of people are absorbing them, and then I got involved in the election campaign, and Twitter and all these companies got so afraid of my campaign, these, frankly, they're racist, right? Again, they don't wanna see someone coming bottoms up, they're racist against a human race. That's my definition of racism. They're racist against working people who come bottoms up. So these racists have been throttling us. So as, as, as Jennifer just shared, we've also launched our own video channel. You can go direct 
to vashiva.com slash video if you're having any problems. But anyway, um, what I, I'm going to come back now and start educating people on the science side. Our campaign's moving well. We've started exposing election fraud. We exposed Fauci, but we're going to go back to the foundations of truth, freedom, and health. So what is a vaccine? So what are vaccines? So let's talk about that. What is a vaccine and how do vaccines work? Okay. So first of all, what are vaccines? Well, they're meant to be the, uh, the, the, the propaganda is their preventive me measure. And if you read the literature, it's basically says vaccines train the immune system to recognize pathogenic microbes and they cause what's called the secondary immune response. If you go to this diagram, you get a pathogen, your initial immune system tries to take it out, right? With the Marines, as I've called. And if that fails, then it goes to your adaptive immune system, which is like a sharpshooter, which creates these antibodies. So what vaccines are, they're, they're the secondary response, the adaptive. They're not a cure. And they work through quote unquote herd immunity. That's the concept that they sell us on. And vaccines are available against viruses, bacteria, fungi, protozoa, as well as parasites. What's in a vaccine, okay? Well, there are things called antigens. The antigens are what is supposed to stimulate the immune system to create these antibodies, right? That's what a vaccine is trying to do. Now, in the normal case, if you go here to the uh, innate immune system, when the innate immune system is exposed to a pathogen, the macrophages attack it, an antigen is left behind that enables, that tells the T cells and the B cells to create the antibodies, okay? But in the case of a vaccine, a vaccine has the antigens, right? Because they're subverting the innate immune system. There are things called adjuvants. And we'll come back to this. They're antimicrobials. They're preservatives and they're stabilizers. So there's these things, and among others, which we can talk about, but there's definitely these five things in a vaccine. Antigens, adjuvants, the antimicrobials, preservatives, and stabilizers, okay? So now what I wanna do is to educate you, take one at a time. So we get an understanding of what these things are, okay? Um, all right, so let's talk about that, right? So what are these things? Let me go back here so I can share the screen here. What are these things, okay? Well, an antigen, which is one of the first things here, it trains the immune system against a pathogen. Now, the natural case, your body attacks the, the virus or the particle, and it leaves the remnants, which are called the antigen. So in this case, it, it, is, it is embedded into the vaccine. And there's different types of uh, antigens. These could be the fragments of the pathogen. So what we're doing is we're actually giving the body pieces of the pathogen, of the virus. It could be the surface of the virus, what's called the surface protein. It could be the surface polysaccharide. So when you look at that virus, it's a stuff on the outside of it. It could be the RNA that's inside the virus. It could be the mRNA or the DNA, right? So it's fragments of the pathogen. Sometimes all of these are included. And one of the things happens is that the types of antigens, um, one second, could also include a weakened pathogen, which means an attenuated form of the virus. So they take the virus and they weaken it a little bit, or it could be a killed pathogen. So these are antigens, but fundamentally, it is the actual pathogen, pieces of it, weakened versions, or the killed, the killed version. So that's the antigen. Now the question is, what is an adjuvant, okay? So the 
adjuvants, okay, are they are intended to strengthen the immune response. So look, fundamentally, let me just step back here. What's going on? We are trying to um, stimulate the body's natural immune response, but we're doing it in an unnatural way by subverting the innate immune system. We're going right to the adaptive immune system to try to get it to produce antibodies, okay? So what has happened here is people found out, look, the antigen by itself wasn't working, so which means just the these pieces. So they said, we gotta throw in some other stuff. So they started throwing in these things called adjuvants. So the antigen alone wasn't causing the immune response, all right? The antigen alone wasn't causing the immune response. So then people said, let's mix the antigen plus an adjuvant. So antigen plus an adjuvant. So if these little red dots are the antigen, these circles represent the adjuvant. And the idea was the adjuvant would also stimulate or irritate the immune system to create an immune response, which is to boost the T cells, which are in the adaptive system, you know, those Navy sharpshooters, and increase the helper T cell functions. And here are the com commonly used types of antigens, aluminum hydroxide, aluminum, aluminum phosphate, okay? So in today's talk, I'm not gonna get into the HPV vaccine and all the stuff some of you may be aware of, but we're, I just wanna do this education of you. So basically the vaccine contains the antigen and now we're talking about the adjuvants, right? So the adjuvants are things like aluminum hydroxide and these are the common, and there's others, and aluminum phosphate. So now you have the antigen and the antigen plus the adjuvant. And the idea is that this combination will elicit an immune response. They also add, third thing they add to vaccines are antimicrobials, okay? So the antimicrobials, it's important to understand, the antimicrobials are added to basically, because look, these things can, the vaccines themselves in their creation can have microbes in it or bacteria or other kinds of things. They too can get infected. So the idea is, can we add things to protect the vaccine itself? So they started adding things called antimicrobials and they're used in the production of vaccines to prevent bacterial growth and fungal growth. Now they're removed during the vaccine purification, but clearly traces remain. So the vaccine unit is going through a process. So they add these antimicrobials during the process, but, and then they purify them, but clearly traces remain. And here are the commonly used types of antimicrobials, gentasamine, okay, tetracycline, uh, neomycin, streptomycin, polymyxin B. And there's obviously others, but basically you're adding the antimicrobials in addition to the adjuvant, in addition to the antigen, which is the dead version of the vax, uh, the dead version of the pathogen or a attenuated version, all the different parts of it, okay? Number four is preservatives are added. And the preservatives are used in the production of vaccines to prevent not only microbial growth, but to increase the shelf life of vaccines, right? So remember, pharmaceutical companies are selling it. They don't want them to go bad. So they also add preservatives. And here are the commonly used types of preservatives, thimerosal, which has mercury in it, 2-phenoxyethanol, phenol, magnesium. So these are the commonly used types of preservatives. So just to summarize before we continue, we've talked about in a vaccine that has antigens, then we have the, uh, then we have the adjuvants, the things that actually elicit the immune response because the antigens were not doing it by themselves. Now in the natural case, 
right? When your body gets infected, your macrophages attack, antigens are getting created, and then your body elicits, elicits the immune response. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to artificially create that same process. So it wasn't working alone with the antigen, so they got to throw in some adjuvants, then you need the antimicrobials, and then you need the preservatives, okay? And, and let, let's, let's keep going on here, all right? Um, what else is in there, all right? We also have stabilizers, and these are used to protect the vaccines, all right, during production of vaccines from adverse conditions like freezing and drying. So they make sure the conditions, the chemical conditions are stabilized during storage and transport. So it's a little bit different than the preservatives, which is to increase the shelf life, but this is to actually um, enable them. So under adverse conditions, you know, varying conditions that could take place. And these include sugars, lactose, sucrose, amino acids like glycine, protein, albumin, gelatin. These are added to actually stabilize the vaccine, okay? So let me just repeat here if you go back here. So we've covered these five items, antigens, adjuvants, antimicrobials, preservatives, and stabilizers. These are the things that are put in. Remember, the first antigens and adjuvants are really done to elicit the immune response. All these other things are added for commercial grade reasons, antimicrobials, preservatives, stabilizers. Now, let me remind you when in the old, look what we're really trying to do. If I just sneezed on you, you're getting everything, okay? And then your body gets to go through the immune response of all those wonderful processes that are in your natural immune system. And what we're trying to do is artificially try to induce that. So instead of sneezing on you, they're just taking a deadened version of the, of the virus, but that wasn't working. So they had to add the adjuvants. And then to commercialize, you gotta add the preservatives, the antimicrobials and the stabilizers, okay? So you gotta really think about, is it better to be sneezed on or all that stuff you're getting? Okay, and that's, we'll do that in a, in a, in a follow-up discussion, but that's what's fundamentally going on here, okay? So we've talked about all of these. Now, there are different types of vaccines. Today, I'm merely gonna introduce you to this. And then over the next week, I'm gonna educate you. I'm gonna start probably doing two videos a day because I gotta do my political videos and then the science videos and everyone likes both of them. So there are live attenuated vaccines, and these uh, uh, prevent, you know, they're aimed to prevent diseases caused by viruses and bacteria. Examples of these, which are the live attenuated, attenuated means it's, it's the pathogen, it's, it is the measles, you know, virus or the mumps virus, but dead and attenuated a little bit, so you get the immune response. So they're basically giving you measles, okay, but dead in a little bit but they add all that other stuff, okay? So measles and mumps and rubella, MMR, you know, varicella, which is chickenpox vaccine, et cetera. So one is the live attenuated vaccines. The other is the inactivated vaccines. This is where it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not sort of semi-alive, it's absolutely inactivated. And this also is for virus and bacteria. An example of this is polio vaccine. But you know, when the polio vaccine was first given, some of the stuff was not inactivated and a lot of people got hurt. Then you have another type of vaccine. The third type is called a toxoid vaccine. And this prevents disease caused by bacteria that produce toxins. So an example of this is a DTaP vaccine, which contains diphtheria and tetanus toxoids, right? So if you step on a nail, the, the problem is that you're gonna get the tetanus. So the toxoid vaccines are uh, you know, really for bacteria focus, okay? They're not really for viruses, they're really focused 
on bacteria. And then we have something called the subunit vaccine, uh, the fourth type of vaccine. These vaccines, again, for viruses and bacteria, but these only include parts of the virus or bacteria, right? Or subunits. So they don't include the whole, so where the live attenuated vaccine included the whole thing, but slightly kept alive. The inactivated vaccine included deadened. The toxoid vaccine, you know, um, is really, um, you know, uh, includes, you know, contains diphtheria and tetanus toxoids. But the, but the subunit vaccines are containing pieces of the virus, either the surface as we talked about, right? Or components of the uh, virus. And the examples are, for example, the pertuis, pertu, sorry, pertu, pertusis, which is for whooping cough, are components of the DTaP vaccine. Then there are conjugate vaccines, which prevent diseases caused by bacteria with their outer coating of sugar-like substances like polysaccharides. So for example, the you know haemophilus influenza type B or hip B vaccine is that, all right? Conjugate vaccine. And then some of the newer type of vaccines that like Moderna is putting out for COVID, you know, that's what the claim is, uh, is DNA, RNA, and mRNA vaccines. So again, we'll do a whole talk on this later on. But these also are aimed at bacteria and viruses. And what these do is they deliver the, either the full DNA or the ribonucleic acid or the messenger RNA of the pathogen. So you're taking the components of the pathogen, not the whole thing, but those one of three components in a vector, which means a delivery mechanism, which could be a lipid nanoparticle. So these things are put into a nanoparticle and you deliver it. So the example is a COVID-19 vaccine, which is under development, okay? So those are the different types of vaccines. So now um, what I wanna talk about is how does do these different vaccines work? And we're gonna uh, walk through a couple of examples, Alive and a couple of others. Um, and we're gonna do more of this as we, um, as, as we uh, discuss more. But let's talk about the different, how these vaccines actually work. So you've learned what's in a vaccine, you've learned the different kinds of vaccines. Now let's talk about how they actually work. So let's jump right into this, okay? So, so how does a live attenuated vaccine work? So we're talking about a, a live vaccine. So like the, the measles vaccine, it's got the virus, but it's attenuated. So attenuation means we're, not giving, we're not just giving people measles, right? In the old days, people used to have measles parties. We're attenuating and we're injecting into it to reduce the virulence, which means reduce its capabilities. Now to attenuate a virus, they're grown, it's very important. The virus is taken and then it's grown in a foreign host. And this way, a lot of people have been concerned, okay? They're saying, well, it could be grown in fetal tissue, right? Or embryonated eggs or live animals. And in fact, that's where they are grown. So you take the virus, like the measles virus, and then you grow them in a foreign host, not in a human being typically, but in a live animal, okay? All different kinds of animals, or in an embryonated egg, so you put them in an egg, or in a tissue culture. And some people have said, hey, wait a minute, these are grown in fetal tissues. But the reality is that virus is grown elsewhere. Now, what'll happen is the virus will mutate in the new host due to natural selection process, and have evolved to have less virulence, less harm to the vaccinated subject. And that's the theory of it, okay? So it'll mutate in the new host because you're not putting it in a human being, you're putting it in something else. And the idea is it'll reduce its virulence, which means its strength. 
And now the attenuated virus, which is a deadened virus, replicates fewer than 20 times in the vaccinated subject compared to a live virus, which can, which can replicate a thousand times during infection. Okay, greater than a thousand. So the difference is if the theory is if I sneezed on you, right, and I gave you measles, right, or corona, that if it was the actual virus, that it's gonna be replicating, right, through all those processes, thousand times, right, versus with the attenuated virus, it moves a little bit slower, okay? So how does a live attenuated virus work relative to exposure to the attenuated pathogen? So typically you're taking the virus or the bacteria, which is attenuated, which was, remember, grown in something else, and then you're injecting it into a human being, which has all those other, we talked about antimicrobials, adjuvants, stabilizers, as well as uh, the preservatives. And when, um, when that goes in, right, your host immune system, which is you, the white blood cells in you are triggered to produce antibodies. So here, so they recognize it. So these little blue structures represent your um, your white blood cells, right? And uh, and inside the white blood cells, that's what these are. And inside them are these antibodies, which are produced to fight this pathogen, which is the antigen, which is bound to all those other stuff. So that's these start getting created, these blue or greenish blue things, okay? So what you've done is the host immune response is to create those things in the white blood cells, okay? Now, if the patient encounters disease later, okay, so now you've created these antibodies, the antibodies are there to neutralize the invading cells, right? So you get exposed to this later on, you know, you get measles, the antibodies are there to go destroy that pathogen. Okay, so that's the thing. So you give the attenuated version, your body creates these antibodies, and then the antibodies can be go used to fight in the future when those come, all right? Now, here's a summary. That vaccines, the, the idea here is they've been used as a preventative measure for infectious diseases. Vaccines work by training the immune system to recognize a pathogen and create antibodies for future infections. And a large portion of the population, the claim is, needs to be vaccinated for vaccines to be effective. So, so the goal is you have to vaccinate a lot of people, according to this theory, right, to be effective. Now, the adverse events with vaccination, uh, although observed, are often overlooked to create herd immunity, right? So there, the point here is that people are saying, well, it's, you know, let's vaccinate as many people as possible. And yeah, if some people get hurt, that's okay because we're creating herd immunity, which is creating these antibodies, all right? Now, um, that's really today's summary. So when you wanna really think about it, let me go back to, I wanna go back to my slide here that I used to really educate you on the immune system. So we'll come back to this. Um, everything I've shared with you is based on the presumption that this is the model of the immune system. So people like Fauci, people, like um, most medical doctors who don't really understand the immune system have been promoting that this is the immune system. A pathogen comes in, your the innate immune system, which is your eyes, your nose, your ears, all the mucous membranes, initially produces the first attack. And after this, where the antigens are resultant, then your body tries to create the antibodies. 
And the goal of vaccines is to come right here, subvert all of this and do this. But the reality is the immune system is far more complicated as I've, as I've shared. So you're coming over here into just the blue box on the right, trying to create antibodies, forgetting that those things may have effects on the microbiome, the virome, and the interferon system, and the gut-brain axis. And we'll talk about that more. But the summary that I want to share with you is that the immune... Oops, I think I lost you guys here. Let me bring it back to this. Uh, I think I did not share this. Let me go back and share the application window. Okay. So here, what I wanted to share was in summary, let me, if people missed it, let me go back to the summary slides. For the summary, what I was sharing here was um, that the vaccines, the claim is they're used for prevention, but the key thing is people are willing to ignore the potential and the observed uh, adverse effects because we want to vaccinate everyone to create these antibodies, okay? But as I've shared, the reality is, as you see in the slide right here, is that the immune system is far more complex. There's a lot of other things going on that we need to be concerned about. And what we're saying is vaccines are gonna go, just hit this system, forget the neural system, forget the interferon system, forget the microbiome, environment, all those interactions. And we do know what that people are experiencing neural inflammation. And I don't wanna use the word autism right away because it's so charged, but neuroinflammation has a wide range of activities. And we'll talk about that more, but today's talk was to give you a very simple discussion, which um, many of you may not have known, but now I'm hopefully arming you with knowledge to let you know the vaccine has not just the antigen, which is supposed to elicit the immune response, it wasn't working, so they had to add the adjuvants. And then, then they had to add the stabilizers and the preservatives and the antimicrobials. The vaccine, is trying to mimic nature. To me, I really view a vaccine like processed food, okay? Why not eat, you know, the apple or, or why not eat the whole food versus, you know, eating Cheerios or eating this stuff that has, so they try to take the original food, dry it out. It's all the stuff that's not in the produce section, but it's all the stuff that you see in the box section. And that's what we're doing here. Instead of getting sneezed upon, instead of having a healthy immune system, and getting exposed, they're saying, we don't want to expose you, that's too dangerous. We're going to vaccinate you. But the vaccine itself, they're trying to simulate nature. And that's what I hope you've learned today. All right. We're trying to simulate nature. No different than simulating nature. If you go to the store and you see all those processed foods versus eating natural whole foods, or for that matter, being sneezed upon or being exposed. So your body naturally produces herd immunity. And that's the path that I proposed back originally, and I wish the president had listened to me and not shut down the whole economy. I wish we had isolated those people who truly, you know, had, uh, you know, pre-existing conditions, the elderly, given them support, put the people on vitamin C, and all of us should have been back to work and building our herd immunity. And I said that back, uh, you know, we exposed Fauci, and hopefully this understanding of vaccines will let you see that we're trying to essentially artificially create something when we should be boosting our immune system, which we've talked about. Let me see if there's any questions here. Jen, are there any questions people have? Some fool is saying that I'm promoting vaccination, and this is probably the same fool who works with Robert Kennedy. No, we're not promoting vaccination, our foolish fellow. What we're saying is 
that vaccines are mimicking nature and the realities that they want to avoid the adverse reactions. All right. So this fool is going to be deleted. All right. For saying something so foolish. All right. Goodbye. Sorry. We don't like foolish people here. Okay. Goodbye. All right. Next person here. Uh, does, did this make sense to everyone? Yeah. All right. Any questions? Jen? All right. All right, everyone. So there you go. So we will be doing, I'm going to take each vaccine for you and I'm going to walk you through that. I'm going to walk you through the hepatitis HPV vaccine, the hepatitis one vaccine. You're going to learn and you're going to be armed with truth. But the bottom line is it's not pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine as we've talked about. The issue is, you know, it's, it's about, you know, the right medicine for the right person at the right time. And as I've shared, the goal is to boost the immune system. That's what we should really be focused on. Because if you look at what's in these vaccines, they're trying to mimic nature. So if we, instead of talked about COVID-19 vaccine for the last six months, imagine if we had focused on vitamin D3, vitamin C, the iodine, the, you know, the vi vitamin A and the zinc, we could have saved a lot of people's lives. But as I've shared, pharmaceutical companies are failing. They're going down the tubes. And you know what they need? They need vaccines because for every $1 they put into R&D of pharmaceuticals, they're, they used to get 10 cents. Now they're getting, you know, a penny. Okay. So they need to move to vaccines, which are growing at 17% per year. All right. So that's mechanics. In closing, you know, I will continue to do these videos to educate people. We are running for U.S. Senate. We need everyone right now to donate at least five bucks if you can to support our campaign. We need to raise $250,000 to get on TV and radio to share with them that we're not walking away. We're not pussyfooting around. We're, we're increasing our campaign to a write-in campaign for U.S. Senate. And all anyone, um, I encourage you to go to Shiva for Senate, write to the website shivaforsenate.com, donate $5 to the campaign. As I mentioned, you get the ebook between now and the next few days, it's not, uh, which used to be 25 bucks, you get it for five. You get the System and Revolution ebook and you get the tool, Your Body, Your System. And if you go to Your Body, Your System, those of you can also go directly to Your Body, Your System. And if you go there, you get the same offer, but you get a very powerful tool that lets you apply the theory of systems to understand what kind of system you are. You're a unique system. You'll figure that out. You'll also figure out how your body may not be being itself, which is a black dot. Then you can figure out how the right foods, the right exercise, and the right you know supplements can bring you back to you. In addition, what I want to encourage people is that if those people who donate $50 or more, as many of you know, I'm an educator. I created a series of courses called Systems Health. And the Systems Health courses, one of the foundations courses is called Foundations of Systems Health which includes six different, you know, five different courses. I'm offering this. This is normally a, a $250 uh, uh, offer that we're giving it to you for 50 bucks right now. So for $50, um, if you donate 50 bucks, you also get the uh, systems and uh, foundation of systems entire course. You can also take it. You can get a certification and then you can also educate others and you get access to the portal. It's called the systems health portal. So please take advantage of it because I want to train all of you to understand what systems are. That's what this is really about. 
we want under we want to understand the systems of political systems, of voting systems, of electoral systems, of vaccine systems, medical systems, etc. And and once we understand that, it's going to be very hard for the establishment to frankly fool us. So that's what I want to share with you. So please take advantage of of, of these offers. Okay, let me go back here, back to Streamyard, and there you go. All right. So anyway, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I hope this was valuable. You've learned what are vaccines and how they work. Jen, is there any other things I should share? Jen, are you there? Let me see if there's any other questions. Jennifer? Where is the donation link? Jen, maybe you can put up the donation link. People are asking. The donation link is shivaforsenate.com. Just go right to shivaforsenate.com. S-H-I-V-A for S-A-N-A-P.com. Shiva numeral four senate.com. Okay. Exactly. Justin says, exactly. By the way, the 1986, as Justin has said very uh, adroitly, was a band aid which actually protected pharmaceutical companies. We need to get rid of the 1962 Vaccination Act. By old, it's an old act, it was based on fake science and old medicine, uh, old knowledge of the immune system. Anyway, thank you, Justin. Anyone else here? You're welcome, thank you. You're welcome. By the way, let everyone know, You know, we're gonna be uh, teaching people more science again, like I did in March, April, May, because we gotta gear up for the quote unquote second wave and how to fight them. Thank you, be well.